Welcome to another episode of the Protty Nomads podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Shirley Campbell. We're going to be talking about renovating properties for profit. I'm sure we're going to touch on many other subjects as well in possibly speaking about some travel as well. Shirley's got such an interesting background, a very uh, plethora of experiences that we're going to deep dive into. And to tell you more about that, uh, Shirley, thank you very much for your time and uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Right. Difficult place to, to is, I say a difficult place to start. Um, I mean, normally at the beginning is a, a good place because we were just having a chat off there and we're talking about back surgeries and traveling and, <laughs> you know, books and websites and property courses. But let, let's try and start with the beginning. Uh, a little bit of background about yourself before you got into property would be fantastic. Sure. Okay, well, I started my working life as a primary teacher um, from Australia. I'm in Perth, Western Australia. And um, I did that for about 13 years. And then I always had a, a passion for, um, for psychology. So I decided that uh, I'd go back to university again and uh, do my psychology degree, which was now I've got two young children, a single mum. So that was challenging, but we pushed through. Um, unfortunately, then I had uh, in my the, towards the end of my degree, um, I had some personal tragedy. Both of my, my parents passed away um, very close together. Um, so I finished my I finished my degree, but I I didn't go back for my clinical work. I just didn't feel that I really had much more uh, to give. So I, through um, a number of circumstances, found myself learning about property. I had no idea about it whatsoever, um, and turned out that um, I had quite a knack for renovating. Uh, took to it uh, like a duck to water, which was quite surprising, you know, going from education to to knocking down walls. But I um, I discovered that uh, I actually saved myself thousands in grief counselling knocking down those walls, <laughs> which maybe some of your listeners will will relate to. Um, sometimes in tragedies, some amazing things uh, come out of it. Um, and nearly 20 years later, I'm still involved in in renovating in a slightly different way. Um, as we were talking off air, most of my uh, renovations and uh, I did all sorts of things when I got started uh, because I like to, to know everything that's going on. So I got my real estate license. I did some of my own conveyancing of my properties. I managed my own subdivisions. Um, I built new houses. I knocked down houses. And of course, I renovated um, a lot for profit and did and did very well. So um, I was very fortunate that I um, found a real passion that I didn't know I had, and uh, I still am still today um, very passionate about it. So I'm very grateful. It's been an amazing journey, lots of ups and downs and twists and turns, as uh, as life is. Um, and I've been in the last five years. I've been in the UK, and I've only just recently, uh, because my visa had expired, I've just in the midst of the the COVID pandemic, I've um, I'm back in Perth. So that's where we're speaking from now. So hi from um, sunny Perth, Western Australia. <laughs> oh, it's a sunny Hull as well, actually, at the time of recording. So uh, we're doing we're doing all right up here as well. And I, I think I, I, that's fascinating. Um, you, you talk about uh, sort of a, a good way of 
a sort of grief counselling there, knocking down walls. And obviously, sorry to hear that, um, you know, oh, having both you. parents go in in such a short space of time is is challenging, I, I would imagine. Um, it sounds like at the same time that you reacted well to that, as, as you say, you found this thing where, you know, knocking down walls was a good form of grief counselling. Uh, but then also you, you found something that you started to in, really enjoy doing. Uh, I guess that's led from one thing to another, to another, to another. You started off with a small project, I imagine, and you worked your way up. T- tell us more about that. Yes. Well, interestingly, the the very so I did. I went off to this course, so I did a boot camp, which I'm sure many people can relate to. That's often how people get started. You know, they'll do a maybe a, a couple of hours, a, a seminar or a course, or the bit further is boot camp, which is a week. So, um, me being me, yeah, I'm going to jump in full, full. You know completely into it. So I, I went, flew to the other side of Australia, did this boot camp and, and came back um, all fired up, you know, like I've got this property thing, I can do this um, and hit my very first hurdle within the first week. Nobody had lent me any money. Now, <laughs> I kind of get it. Uh, single mum, two young kids um, at that time, f- uh, 13 and 15 and um nothing in the bank and I've got some degrees but they're not going to help me whatsoever. Um, I was very, very fortunate that I did have my house um, that my mum um, had left me which was uh, made a very, very big difference because I did, I did have something. However, that didn't help me either. So having my own house and um, uh, having degrees, these didn't help me because from the bank's point of view, um, I was a really bad risk. So um, day after day, week after week, going into many, many bank managers, um, speaking with brokers, the answer was always no. Uh, go back to teaching or go back and uh, mm. open your psych you know, service or whatever and then come back and see us. So one of the banks, um, a lady who was uh, very close to my heart suggested that um, you could go with a private lender. Now, the challenge with this was the interest rate was going to be just insane. But at the time, it was my only way to get into the property game. So I contacted this company. They were happy to um, to lend me. So the deal was that they would give me $250,000 for 12 months and they would hold the title of my home um, as equity. Now, that was a huge risk and um, I can't say that I made that decision lightly. You can imagine my parents have left me this and uh, it's my only lifeline as such, but I decided that, you know, it's uh, it was going to be required. So, I, I got that money and I was on fire. So, I I bought a property as soon as that money hit my bank. I'd already been doing some research as per my training and uh, found a property and uh, I, I bought that to do an easy renovation, then found another one through some circumstances. It was an old house and it was uh, another through my training, you know, look at titles, find out what's behind the scene. And it turns out that this old house was built across two titles, but nobody knew that. So it cost me hardly anything. Look, I think at the time it was ridiculous, $175 or something. Um, I knocked down the house and for that hundred, I all of a sudden had two titles. So um, that was certainly, I will 
give credit where credit should. That was beginner's luck, um, but I had done a lot of a lot of research and I was willing to take action. So I built new houses, found a property manager. I'm sorry, a banker that now liked me. I'd proven myself. They paid off the loan. I paid back the money. Um, with all the interest and that was the start of my journey and I I did all that within um, I think within nine months I was going crazy so that's my start as as everything with me nothing's ever straightforward <laughs> and by the book it's always a, there's always some twist or turn with uh, with Shirley Campbell if there's a story attached to it and so that that's how I got into it that's awesome stuff uh, i like the point you just made there about uh, straight lines i think if you know in life in general and uh, property as well of course that there's never such a thing as a straight line you always you know we're always going to start off with our end goal and how we get there is never in a linear fashion it's you know just imagine like a squiggle on a piece of paper a bit to the left bit to the right a bit up a bit down and you know but we'll get there in the end and i, I do like the admission as well you mentioned about beginner's luck and I do think we create our own luck as well but as you say you've done a lot of homework you've done a lot of research and you know effectively sounds like you struck gold with the first one so once that was done yes and you've paid the bank back and you found a bank that likes you and you know the, the challenges I think many people have with initially trying to raise finance so you've got some profit in the bank and then what's next did you find something similar or did you what was next with Shirley Campbell? So the next thing I discovered that I was doing this on my own um, and really um, not 100%. You know, I've done a boot camp. A boot camp does not qualify you to be a good property investor or, or a renovator. As I said, the, the fortunate thing is that because I come from an education background, the the research and, um, and the confidence to go into councils and the titles office and find out all this information really stood me in good stead. So when this old house turned up, um, you know, other people would have just walked straight past it. So I think um, the part of that is I learnt quite early on to back myself and to trust myself, and um, but I realised I needed more. So then I started looking for a, for a coach and for a very good um, a business model that would help me go to the next level. So I did that, um, joined with them, and then I think um, within. I, I haven't actually got my figures here, but I did five or six um, uh, projects um, within the year. Um, I was I was really because once you can get a bank that believes in you um, and you're showing evidence that you you know these these houses are um, that what you are actually doing is creating equity and you are showing that when you've sold this house, I've made quite a bit of money. They're quite happy to then give you a, a line of credit or extension and um, and then I was able to go again. So what I found was that um, by having putting that money in and taking it out like a pot, the money going in and the money going out again, I was able to buy some properties um, using that. So I was able to avoid the banks. I was able to use that line of credit that I had. That sped up my, um, my process considerably. I also um, went back and did my real estate license. So in amongst everything, I was also doing my study for that um, so that 
I really understood the contracts and things. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should go and do that, but for me, that just made a lot of sense. So what I was doing is I was actually um, buying and selling the properties myself. And um, so knocking on doors, um, asking people if they would like to to sell their property. So I was, uh, when I was renovating, I was sleeping on the floor because my kids would go um, to stay with their dad. And so when they were doing that, I would renovate because I was, um, you know, need to be home. So I'd had a mattress and a, and a car fridge and I would sleep on the floor and renovate myself until I f- collapsed and had a bit of sleep and then got up and, and renovated. So I, I took massive action to, uh, to actually really, really understand. And every project that I did, and maybe this might help your listeners a little bit, is that whenever I, because remember, I had no experience whatsoever, nothing. So whenever I employed a trade, be it a painter, a tiler, plumber, electrician, I would always, when I, I would get lots of quotes and then I would settle on somebody, I was always looking for a relationship. I learned that through the the banking thing that once I built that relationship, I realized how important that was. And um, so if it was a Tyler and they would come, I'd always say, and I'd like to be your apprentice. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to sit here and learn with you. And if you'll let me do a little bit next to you and um, uh, would that be okay? I'd always have that conversation. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they were great about it. So I learned every single job or every single project that I did, I learned another skill. What that did is that also um, improved my ability to negotiate when it came down to trades and, uh, and managing quotes and knowing what was a, a fair deal and knowing when I was being ripped off because in the beginning I was ripped off. As you can imagine, um, I wasn't old, but I wasn't young. I was in my early 40s and um, there are a lot of people who thought that they could take advantage of the of the fact that you know I was a girl in a almost a, a man's world in those days, um, and I don't really know what I was talking about. So sometimes that worked in my favour <laughs> because they <laughs> underestimated me. Um, but you know I'm very grateful for those early years of of learning so many so many skills. But that's that's how I how I learned, and by having a really good coach to uh to keep me on track making sure that i was goal orientated you know making sure that i was i was writing down the goals i was i was being focused i didn't get sidetracked learning to budget for renovations all of these things which is now what i teach other people um and look i didn't get it right all of the time um but i certainly got better at it and that's an important that's an important point you make it's very easy in the world of you know, property and real estate. You know, if uh, especially if you if you're new to it, and I'm I'm quite a cynical person, but if you're new to it and you're not sure, and you see all these people, you know, on you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and mm. you know, there's this there's this perception that the sun shines out of their ass every single day of the week, and they you know, <laughs> nothing nothing goes wrong, and you know, so I think having a dose of reality, I think, is pretty good. And, you know, yes, we all make mistakes. Mistakes will be made. If anyone has never made a mistake in property, then you've either, right, you're either lying or you've been incredibly lucky, um, yes. to be honest. So I, I, I love the dose of reality you, you've got there. In terms of the, just going a bit off topic, um, mm-hmm. a question that just come to my head. What's the most complex renovation project 
you've done? Uh, the, the one that maybe had the biggest obstacles and then how did you overcome those obstacles in that project? Um, the most complicated one. Um, probably um, it was complicated because there were there were council rules involved. So the story with this is I, I found this property. This was in a new area that I'd been researching in. I'd already done two property flips in this area. So I knew it, but not this particular pocket, if you know what I mean. Like it was an area I was on one side. So I, I knew it as a large area, but this particular little pocket I thought had a lot of potential. There were some things happening around the corner. The shopping center was being built. Um, the railway line was just going to go in and from this area you could get to the – so infrastructure, which is changing, which is what I – you know, stress so strongly in that, you know, you, in order to be successful in renovation game, you need to know the changes. Changes can often, most times will mean money. You need to know how to read that. So this particular property was fantastic. Now, what was challenging about it is the house was built quite uh, quite a way back. It was on a cul-de-sac and um, it's a loop. And so if you can imagine the property was like a wedge and this, the house is built um, back quite a way. So my idea was I would, um, I did a lot of research and knew that the numbers, the numbers stacked up for a subdivision. So long as I met the minimum requirement for the subdivision, I was okay. The challenge was, as I said, the house was a back um, into the, so we've got a lot of wasted space at the front, but I thought I could overcome this by um, adding the driveway. Um, so I decided this was the case. I'd gone to the council um, and the very first time we'd gone through the, the process and this is what I want to do, no. Well, um, okay, I don't actually understand why it's the no because I'm meeting the requirements. No, because it hasn't been done anywhere else. Um, the, the back block is going to have four different neighbours. Um, it's just, you know, it's just not going to happen. So I went away from that thinking, well, I don't like no. I think that no just means we haven't found a way around this yet. So I contacted the surveyor, got him to come down and meet me at the block. And he agreed, look, if we could, let's have a look at moving the water. You know, if we if we basically dig to Tasmania, we can run the pipes down here. I think they'll agree to that. So I got him to put up a, a rough plan. Then I went back to the council and I actually found out through a lot of sneaky questions to find out who the person was that it was actually going to sign off on this. Finally, it took me some time, but I finally got to that person and um, invited them to come out to the block. So I had my sketches, um, I had the plumbing plan and basically I wore him down more than anything. <laughs> he just, I think he, he just really wanted to get rid of me and said, oh, fine, um, you can you can do that. So um, eventually that happened. I got the subdivision through, put the fence down, moved the pipes. Whilst I was doing this, I was actually renovating the house. It was it was pretty grubby. The same family had lived there for a long time. So, But I was able to do most of the work myself, um, just plotting, plotting along. That was one of the houses that I slept on the floor quite a bit at. Um, but I doubled my money with that project because I created equity where there was none. So there's two lessons there. Number one, don't take no for an answer. 
it just means that you haven't found the right way to get around it. Now, I'm not saying that you can always get around it, but in my experience, um, councils, whether they're in the UK or Australia, I've dealt with some councils in the UK when I was trying to do a renovation over there, um, can be very, very difficult. And trying to get to the person um, is, a, is a huge challenge, but it's worth it, absolutely worth it. So you've gone through some renovations in Australia, and you've just touched on the, on the fact that actually you've done this in the UK as well, so you've done it in two countries. So just run us through what the process is like in, in the UK in comparison to Australia. What lessons have you learned from doing um, renovations in both countries? Well, I actually haven't finished a renovation in the UK. I've renovated rooms and I've renovated partial houses and I've um, I've advised people on things and I almost bought a bungalow just before COVID hit, um, but that didn't go through. So I can't say that I've gone from project from beginning to end, but I've done a lot of the, the front end. I think the, the biggest difference... Um, is contracts. Um, contracts in the UK are just um, so challenging. At any moment, either end can pull out. Um, as an Australian, that doesn't happen. So here, once we, we write the contract and it's accepted and our finance is approved, that is locked in. Nobody can leave. That gives you a lot of confidence in uh, in moving forward and paying and paying money. Um, in the UK, you're you're paying for surveys and um, and maybe people coming out to do quotes and everything. And all of this could be money down the drain um, if the if the seller pulls out. So I think that is one of the biggest challenges. Secondly, it's very 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 difficult um, to get as a newbie getting to um, into the council to actually get get answers. They are very black and white. There's a lot of red tape. Um, I spend a lot of time with developers in the UK um, and watching what they've gone through over five, six, seven years to build up a relationship and then, and then things start to move very quickly. But it is difficult in the beginning. But don't give up. That's the key, you know. Um, Many people, both in the UK and Australia, many people will buy one investment property. They'll never go on to buy two, three, four. In my case, when I had the most, I had 10. Um, they will never get, you know, that's the pointy end. People don't get to that because they face some challenges or something um, has gone amiss and then they give up. So my my advice is always don't give up. Keep, keep at it because it is. Without doubt, it is the you know it's the best way to create. I've had an amazing lifestyle. Property has allowed me to travel all over the world and um, and have some amazing experiences, which um, I'm forever grateful for. And uh, even even now, even though my circumstances have changed, which we can or cannot talk about, um, it's still it's still you know I, I just love it. I just think it's the it's the amazing. And you can have so much control, and that's what's wonderful about it. I think the, the key thing to do would be let's sort of dive into a travelling, and then let's sort of go let's go down uh, the travelling. Let's bring it back to sort of where we are now, where we are today, and I think that'd be a, a fantastic place to, to wrap up. But going onto the travelling, so we've done you've done some renovations. Properties allowed you to do a lot of travelling. Uh, yes. talk, talk us more about where you've been. Uh, give us some places. 
that you've enjoyed, oh. places that you've had some dodgy experiences, a whole lot. Give us, give us the dirty. <laughs> oh, gosh, we could talk for hours on this, Rob. Um, so, yes, I am Jewel. I am half of me is passionate about property and half of me is passionate about travel. And when the two come together, I'm a very excited girl. Um, okay, my we'll start the most recent exciting thing. Christmas last year, I spent Christmas Day in the Kremlin. Nice. Uh, it was amazing. So it's snowing outside. I've got a private tour. Uh, this girl who's showing me around the Kremlin and it was just, it's one of those, you know, pinch me moments. I just um, amazed. Many, many years ago, I spent Christmas in Disneyland with my kids and um, and my mum and dad. And that that holiday was the last time once we came back um, and then my dad flew back to work was the last time I saw my father alive. So that those trips at um, around America and um, we did the Grand Canyon um, with him was was incredible. I did parts of China with my with my mum. We um, we went to Macau and then we went across to, to mainland China and had a driver who was a bit crazy and he took us off off-road my mum was having some um, neck problems so this Chinese guy decided that he would take us to a, um, a private clinic not a word of English and they worked on my mum I was absolutely packing myself thinking that gosh I've no idea what they're going to break a neck or they're going to do something and all these creams we're in the middle of nowhere in China but it was amazing. She came out feeling really well. Um, then he bonded with us at this point. So then mum was saying that, you know, my daughter's a teacher. So then he takes us to a school and I got to um, walk into a school. Uh, the teacher was very excited because they pack, you know, I think UK classes are big. Um, gosh, nothing in comparison to China. And they're just so well behaved. So we, I ran a lesson just completely impromptu, just pretty much walked into school and, and did um, did an English lesson with them, which was just amazing. Um, I did a, I did a uh, around Africa, um, Botswana and Zimbabwe, South Africa. Um, it was a it was a group of entrepreneurs. And what we were doing is we were trying to give back and instead of just sending monies to communities, what we did is we packed two suitcases each. There were 15 of us, I think, um, including my daughter. So I got to take my 14-year-old daughter, 15-year-old daughter at the time. Amazing to be able to do that as a mum. A suitcase to give away. So we went to these small communities that were really, really struggling. So we were physically giving them computers, helping them with um, with medical supplies. My daughter packed all her little toys from um, from going to the show, and I've got photos of her giving it to these four and five year olds, these little um, kids, these little African kids who are just eyes like you know lit up, and having my daughter be able to share that gift and to learn how grateful because she was living quite a privileged life at that point to learn that that gratitude to be able to give that to my child at, a, at an early age traveling enabled me to do that um canada i did the um the rocky mountaineer you oh, see that lovely. train i'd love to do that yeah i'd yes. love to do that did that at christmas we stopped uh, so snowing we stopped somewhere outside of um before we got to Banff and the train stopped and um, Father Christmas came out of the snow. Goodness knows how he got there, but came out of the snow and boarded the train and went up and down and gave 
gave gifts and and things to to my kids and everyone that was on but that we did gold class for that that was that was an incredible experience um i think that was um uh, four days we were on there maybe four five days um and we stopped and did banff and went up the mountains and whatever i've um i've done a lot of europe so recently being in the uk what i did is i was teaching i left um real estate i just needed a break for a couple of years and uh so i taught and then i traveled so i did um uh, went up to bulgaria up into the monasteries and the mountains um i've tobogganed down mountains in um in austria uh up um gondolas in over in venice and uh fog in venice so thick that i couldn't see in front of me we couldn't walk because you couldn't see what in front of you that was pretty incredible and i could go on and on i i, I will have to come back to episode number two uh, at some point because <laughs> that's i can tell from the, the just when you're talking about that the the, the passion and the, the the love of doing that and it's uh, that's something that we definitely share and I, I think yeah we can we so we can probably go on for hours as you say um, about that I, I, also an interesting point you just made there is that you said that you specifically took a break from property you know real estate yes. as well and why why was that was that just you'd got to a level and you'd had enough where you just wanted to relax a little bit and recharge your batteries. Give us a, an idea of the thought process. Okay. Um, no, the um, what had happened is the GFC hit here, uh, well, hit the world. And um, in Australia, anybody that had LODOC loans, which most of my properties were geared around there, um, we were hit badly. So um, that that hurt me in that I wasn't, and, and again, you know, you need to learn from experiences. Um, and I try and teach people now, my risk management wasn't good enough. Um, mm -hmm. At the time I was doing everything and everything was working well and I was just going from strength to strength, then something like that hits. I'm sure for people now, COVID would be a very similar experience. You know, things have been happening and then all of a sudden their business is wiped out over you know, almost overnight and then they're having to rebuild. So um, I struggled for a couple of years with that, um, not really knowing um, did I want to go again. Um, I'd made some some mistakes. I was very hard on myself. Um, I thought that uh, I made mistakes and I shouldn't have. I should have known better. I took advice from people that, um, again, I should not have. And I deviated from my path. It's very, very interesting. I was... As I said, I was going down this road and very, very successful, buying, flipping, holding, building and backing myself all the way. Somebody suggested that I try, we haven't got time to talk about, try a different strategy and that hurt me um, greatly. So I think basically I lost a bit of confidence and I also um, just, I think I just needed a, a break. Uh, I'd been pushing it pretty hard for nearly eight years um, in that by that point um, so I decided that I would um, I would stop and my kids were now off doing their own thing so I pretty much decided I would pack up sell up get on a get on a plane and um, fly to Europe and make it up as I go along and that's exactly what I did I landed in London without without a plan 
and uh, was going to keep on moving but quickly I did some, got caught up in teaching and then I was one thing led to another and teaching and then I was traveling and that was um, that was really fantastic and then I was feeling really good I'd had a really good break and I was keen to get back into into property again I started attending meetings and meeting with developers and and uh, learning about the UK um, property market uh, getting all excited about it again which was uh, it's funny when you walk away from something when you come back you're oh my gosh why did I leave this and then um, uh, I broke my back uh, in January 2019 Jan 3rd uh, in two places uh, that put a stop to everything for me I um, was stuck on my back for six months um, dealing with um, dealing with that so I thought you know in these challenging times you can either sit around and I can watch TV and go insane or I could actually make something of it so I decided that I would write an entire program on teaching people renovate from beginning to the whole lot um, so I wrote the program and and recorded stuff and then I also whilst I was doing that because it dovetailed together I wrote an Amazon bestseller on property um, investment so I had the the two bits I was writing the book as as an investor and my experiences of what it takes to actually succeed in property um, with just a chapter on renovation and then also I designed my program my education program um, in SC success uh, purely on uh, on renovation so I was um, I was back in the game and um, and and that is kind of just it's rolled from there and that's and that's what I'm doing unfortunately my my hammer and um, and jackhammer and painting days um, are over. That um, that would be very foolish of me to put my put my my body at risk. Um, so now I am preparing to um, work at um, uh, doing it more offsite. So in other words, I project managing. That's my that's one of the things. I've always got lots of balls in the air, but that's. That's uh, again. Sorry, I I can never answer a question short, can I? Sorry, Rob. I hope I did answer that question though. Oh, no need to apologise. I think yeah, hopefully everyone's finding this as fascinating as I am. I think it's it's, it's intriguing. Now, one quick question, uh, Shirley, before we sort of wrap up. You just mentioned very nonchalantly that you broke your back. I'm going to have to be inclined to ask, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, I lifted my bed to put my suitcase. It was just after I came back from Russia. So my suitcase lived under my bed. I took it out, you know, every 10 weeks going to another country. I've done it every single time. But this particular time I was on a slight angle. Um, it turns out um, I have early osteoporosis, which I didn't know that I had. Um, and it was just the angle. It was just very, very bad luck because I had no warning whatsoever and uh, I didn't only break it my lower spine I broke it um, straight through and in the middle of my back uh, as a crack so um, the base of my spine can never heal um, properly um, so you know I need to be very careful so I'm never allowed to lift anything heavy uh, I can't um, and you know it's just um, I don't know it just 
just damn bad luck, you know? What are you going to do? I suppose as, as well as, you know, it's life, isn't it? You know, these things, these things happen. It's a way that we and I always go back and quote, um, I think it's Marcus Aurelius, or it could be Seneca, that, um, you know, Stoicism, they always say that uh, something, something that happens in our life is objective. You know, things happen. Yes. It's how we react, and that's subjective. Yes. And we can control how we react. And I love the fact that, you know, taking a very, what I imagine, a very painful and bad thing of, of breaking you back in two places. Now, as you said, you've actually turned that into, you know, a really, really good thing because you've, pretty much lying on your back you've written a uh, a book uh, number one amazon bestseller i know the feeling it's a, it's a good feeling and and you've done other positive things so no kudos to that i think that will you thank know, you to, to anyone listening to anyone listening to some people that are listening um, <laughs> I, I would say that there's always you know there's always positives come out of everything that we do and it's just that mindset and we talk about mindset a lot exactly. that mindset you've got to have that mindset I think yeah. um, mindset for me, I learned, um, or, you know, or in the very moment that I signed up with my with my new coach right back in the beginning, um, he taught me um, about mindset and then I had the privilege of um, going to see Anthony Robbins a couple of times and then um, again through circumstances and uh, and being more successful, I then had the money. I actually met the man, and it was incredible. Um, so for me, mindset is uh, goes hand in hand in renovation and in property investing. You need to believe. You need to be goal orientated. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing and and what you're going to be doing. And if I could give any, you know, top tip, um, if you like, I think that. Uh, to be successful in renovation, preparation, absolutely. Don't rush in. Don't let anybody rush you. Don't let agents push you. Get prepared. Know what you're doing. Know why you're doing it. Make sure you know where the money's coming from, that you budget, and then you need to be organized. So if you do all the preparation, but then you're not organized on the job, you're going to find days and days of wasted time and wasted time means wasted money. So in, in renovation for profit, it's all about being organized. The better you are, uh, the more successful you will be. And then research, research, research. If you don't know an area and you can't answer questions about that area, um, you're not you're not going to succeed. This whole watching tv and you know renovation is not like the tv shows folks it just isn't you you really need to know not every renovation is going to be successful not every renovation are you going to profit from the only way that that's going to happen is if you do good research you buy the right property for the right price and then you keep to your goals that's the way to actually succeed Perfect. So preparation, organisation, research, and don't believe what you see on the TV. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> There's a, a thousand other things that I could teach you, but yes, that uh, if I live with something that would be, I've got hundreds of other things that I could tell you. Um, I like lots of. I like to teach people about. Um, people hear about the word flip, and they see the the shows on TV. What they don't understand there's actually three different types of flip, and I like to to teach people that so that they can they can understand. And um, but it's it's really really important to you know the why. Start with the why. If you can start with a strong why, 
um, you, you'll, you'll stand yourself in good stead way ahead of the crowd. If you've got a strong why, you've got strong goals and you know exactly what strategy you're using and why you're doing it and then how you're going to use that strategy to achieve your goals, you, you will be okay. Completely, completely agree. I think it's a golden nugget of information. It's something that you know people need to be reminded of because it's very easy to lose focus sometimes. Uh, Shirley, just before we wrap up, any other golden information that you think would be useful? Um, I think it's a bit random, but um, I've had a few people contact me lately. Be very, very careful when you're looking for, in the UK, there are thousands and thousands of old properties out there. I mean, I, I don't know exactly the number, but you know, tens of thousands. And of course, old properties always lead themselves to renovation and renovators are often, you know, uh, excited when they, when they see this old place. Be very, very careful if it's listed. Find out if it's listed because the minute it's listed, you have got challenges. There will be rules and regulations about what you can and can't do. Now, some of those rules are fantastic. And, you know, in order, you, you've got to keep the, you know, particular facade or a roof or cornices, whatever. And that that's great. But, but there are some things that you will need to, to jump to and that can cost you a lot of money. Old places cost a lot of money. So make sure that you have got a good quantity surveyor who can give you some good guidelines. And when I say a good one, make sure that you know someone who has used this person. Reach out to a property group if you don't have someone within your in your sphere and find someone who can not only let you know what you can and can't do, what are the costs that are involved because um, – uh, a few people that have been in touch with have lost a lot of money and there's there's no back way. They've got to keep spending money to, to keep going forward or just walk away having lost it. And, and that kills me because I think if I'd known, if they'd been in contact with me earlier, I could have prevented them from, from doing that. So I guess that, that'd be one thing that I think is very, not necessarily, um, you know, major light bulb moment but um, it's something that I think is quite unique to the UK so um, so just be very careful make sure that you understand what is on the title what are the rules and regs and if you don't understand ask don't put an offer in until you're sure don't let anybody rush you perfect stuff and again just to sort of wrap up you've mentioned that you uh, are doing a lot of sort of education based material at the moment you've also uh, you know, written a book. So just tell us a little bit more about them and then how people can uh, get in touch with you as well. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So my business is Shirley Campbell Success. So it's www.shirleycampbellsuccess.com. That'll take you to my website, which has got most of the information. The, the great thing about the website is there's some training on there. It's 70 minutes. It's free. Um, and then that also talks about my program. So if you'd like to get into the renovation program, you'd like me holding your hand a little bit more and guiding you from point A to point B, then there's some more information in there. Uh, I have a Facebook group, again, um, SC Success. 
shared a lot of information but uh, just recently I now have a private Facebook group so if you go into social media and send me a message or somewhere in there either on Shirley Campbell or Shirley Campbell success SC success you will find links to my private Facebook group what I do on there is every weekend I do a training um, video and uh, I do it live um, and we talk about all aspects of, of renovation and I help people with their toolkit, things that I think are going to, um, to help them. Obviously, I don't delve in the people are paying to join me as private clients, but this is a, like a taster of, of what's possible. We talk about the, the rules of renovation and what sort of action plan and, um, and flips and, and right down to really simple things is you know people should I you know what should I do with the front of this property so um, yes and also on my website you can find my if you're looking for the the full gamut so you can find my book property investment success and I've also written three books specifically on renovation because I'm passionate about kitchens and bathrooms and if you can get those rooms right folks you're well on your way to making some money so I uh, I've written two kitchen books and a bathroom book because I think that is just so important and again there you can get them on my website cheaper than what you would do if you bought it through Amazon so thank you for allowing me to um to uh, do that little that little shout out, I appreciate that. We're all here to help each other, and I, I think that the um, you know yeah, we're all here to help each other and, and do everything. As uh, you know, people allow me to talk about a hundred and one top property tips and buy to that how to get started. You know, the books I've written, people always allow me to talk about that when I appear on other podcasts. So it's you know, law of reciprocity, isn't it? But no, it sounds like an awesome amount of content as a, and uh, as usual. There'll be links to all of that in the show notes well uh, Shelley it's really inspiring really enjoyed that I, I do think part two traveling we'd have to come back to maybe in a year or two time and a deep dive into into that but just a, a massive thank you for your time and uh, you know best of luck with the recuperation with the back my pleasure it's uh it's been a joy I really appreciate you inviting me and I, I hope I've been able to add some value to some people so thank you very much <laughs>